Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is a very, very special broadcast tonight. Pete Wilcox, Coffee with the King. I'm your host, your co-host, I should say. I'm used to saying host. I'm your co-host, Angelo DeCipio. You know me as Psychic Angelo. And let me introduce you to the man walking us through this uh, morning journey. His name is Pete Wilcox. He is America's TV Elvis. He's more than that, though. He's a, a guy who loves his Lord, who loves Jesus, and uh, is taking a very different kind of walk for himself. Uh, this is a very different kind of Pete Wilcox. Pete, good morning, and how are you today, my friend? Good morning. I'm very humbled by your very gracious introduction. I got to tell you that. Well, wow. you know, I just I go with when the spirit moves you, you go with it. <laughs> you so, know, it's uh, funny. I have to tell you, is sometimes when people are that gracious and that kind to you, you lovingly feel compelled to try to live up to them. I would love to be half of what you just said. Yeah. Well, I, I got news for you. I, if I if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't have said it. I really believe that uh, you're a very different kind of Pete today than you were many years ago. Oh yes, there, there's no question about that. There, there and is. so that's uh, I, I I credit the love of Jesus and humility and uh, getting back to basics. That's what I credit that with getting back, back to, to basics. basics. And a, and a friend of mine who's a very quite a very serious uh, Bible student reminds us uh, that the uh, the concept it's not a concept the reality of born again means yes. a fresh start a new start absolutely and you are deliberately asking the Holy Spirit to come into your heart and make the changes it needs to to bring you closer to a walk with God absolutely brother absolutely yeah, Jesus is in course this is a um a different kind of morning show. Uh, I told people in preparation for the show, and by the way, the people are anticipating this show. It's been out on Facebook now for uh, a couple of days. Um, in fact, I just posted another teaser tonight on Facebook. So uh, tomorrow morning when they see this program, uh, and uh, this will be, uh, I think we're going to do this we're going to start out, I think you and I said maybe once a week and then maybe go to twice a week. Is that what we're going to do, Pete? That would be absolutely wonderful. I would be so excited to have that as our calendar move, you know. Um, Beautiful. It, it, it's, it's a um, project in growth, you know what I mean? Ongoing growth. And we'll take it where we're allowed to take it. Yeah, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, here's what we do, because um, you and I are both moved by spirit, and you're a very spiritual person, um, and I want to make sure people understand what we're talking about. We're not talking about people being religious. There's Religious is a whole other ballgame. Spirituality and religion are apples and oranges, and very often religion has nothing to do with God. So let's be real clear about that. And well, I want to make the sure. The word religious just means that you do it over and over again. That's religious exactly, yes. means God. Religious means repetition. Exactly. And thank you. And that basically that's where we, we want to make sure people understand that. And that's exactly right. What I want to do right now, because, I, you know, you and I have worked before together. Um, this is a different kind of show for me because I'm the co-host. But you know me, I'm used to being, you know, the the guy that, you know, moves and shakes and directs everything. So 
Uh, it's a little different for me. Um, I want to tell everybody a, a little bit about like how this show came about. Uh, Pete and I um, spoke about this several months back with a, a late dear friend of ours, recently deceased, uh, Shirley Bolstock. Uh, Shirley was the co-host on my previous show. And uh, and Pete and I uh, did a show together with Shirley. Uh, Shirley passed away. She lost her battle with cancer, and uh, and passed away on uh, Monday, um, yesterday. In fact, um, it just seems so long ago. It's it's amazing, Pete. Twenty four hours is a really long time when your when your mind is just like running in circles. Sure. Um, interestingly, that. She wanted to be a part of this show. And in a strange way, she's the reason for this show. Isn't that strange how things worked out? I, I can still see her glorious smile. She was so cute in our in our broadcast and so supportive. She's here. She's here. Absolutely. I, I got chills talking about it. Um, so I, what I want to do, Pete, is uh, I'm going to step back for a minute there are people who know who you are you are certainly well known and nationally and internationally among a select group of people millions of them but there are still millions more who do not know who you are so i want you to take as much time as you want because uh, this is our introductory show and i want to introduce everyone so just tell everybody um who you are and how you came to be and what you used to do for a living and what you still do for a living. Wow. Um, I have been a very blessed man. When I was a young boy, I grew up in the world of uh, Perry Como, Fran and Ollie. And then all of a sudden, we were attacked with rock and roll music. Bill Haley in the comments came out of left field with Rock Around the Clock and Shake, Rattle and Roll and a new music took our generation by storm. It was filled with energy and fun. And uh, we, we, we didn't know why we were turning away from Patty Page and yeah. Perry Como and searching the radio, trying to find Shaboom by the Crew Cuts, Shake, Rattle and Roll. And then all of a sudden, this exciting young fella out of the South named Elvis Presley hit us with his energy, his charisma, his amazing good looks, his charm. And uh, I was one of those kids rolled away. I was 13 years old. And just at the time when you're really trying to find out who you are, what you're doing, at the moment, at the moment, my key guy was Duke Snyder, the center fielder for the Brooklyn Dodgers. And I adore him. He's gone. He's in heaven. But I met him several times and he just couldn't have been sweeter to me but I used to I wanted to I want to pitch for the Brooklyn Dodgers and then all of a sudden this music hit us and I remember being in my friend's bedroom and we, he had the wonderful old 45 record player and you stack them up and they drop one by one and we would listen to Honky Tonk by Bill Doggett oh, oh my goodness I know shake rattle and roll don't be cruel and all shook up and I remember turning to him and saying, I'd give anything if I could be a part of this. I, it's so overwhelming. 
And everybody I knew was singing the songs. I remember one standing outside a movie Friday night, and the guy standing there was singing Don't Be Cruel. And it sounded <laughs> just like Elvis to me. I mean, Elvis is not a hard voice to do. He's pretty easy. Um, what that We'll get into that at another time, but he isn't. He was, but his energy, what he has going for him is he's the originator of it. He Absolutely. has to credit for crossing gospel and country and rhythm and blues and this yeah. new music called rock and roll. He personified it. And uh, yeah, that was the start. Then, of course, I lived my life. I went through my teenage years. I went through high school. And, and it was funny. Um, John Lennon and Bob Dylan both admired and loved Elvis, both saying that there was nothing before him. But what Elvis did for the generation was make us want to be like him, not be him. Yeah, exactly. We wanted to find, a, we wanted to find ourselves in music and expression, whatever it might be. It, there was just his boldness, and he wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid of the critics. You could say True. what you wanted. And I remember him saying, I'm not, you know, God bless him. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm not doing nothing vulgar. I wouldn't do anything to upset my mama. Sure, and exactly. He and, and he, and he yeah. wasn't. Um, I'm going to laugh. I say, the only bump and grind I ever saw out of the early Elvis, if you watch the movie Jailhouse Rock. Yes. As he's coming across the stage, there's a little bump. But it's not vulgar in any way. He's just sort of yeah. keeping rhythm for about five times with the, with the music. I mean, mm -hmm. I have seen other entertainers, and I one in particular, I'm going to let him slide by, who used to blatantly oh, sure. bump. You know what I mean? I say, no. Oh, Elvis, sure. You couldn't pay Elvis to do that. <clears throat> My lovely wife, who we will meet in the future, excuse <coughs> me, she's in charge of the coffee with Coffee with the King. She saw Elvis ten times. Never saw him do a vulgar thing on stage ever, ever. Never. His, he, his sexuality came from his energy and his his passion and his dedication to what he's doing. If somebody's yeah. energetic and full of life and happy, that can translate into being sexy. Absolutely. It, yeah, it is. And it, and that's a that's another whole thing, too. And we, we've got a lifetime ahead of us, Angela. We're going to investigate a lot of topics. Beautiful. A lot of topics. I'll tell you what. You um, you were very fortunate. Uh, you know, it's interesting you mentioned Elvis Presley. Um, what I want to tell people right now, and, it's, and really interesting, is that Pete Wilcox not only grew up listening to the music of Elvis, but when he was old enough, found himself singing the music of Elvis. And it was uh, interesting, Pete, because you kind of, in your younger days, resembled him quite a bit, and you sounded like him quite a bit. You're right, he wasn't a hard voice to do, but he was a captivating voice to do, because he had a, a mystique about his voice that, it's as they say, it's often imitated, never duplicated. Right. Um, you know, you you and I know a thousand Elvis tribute artists, and they all kind of sound a little bit like him, right? Oh, yeah. Some of them are really wonderful. They truly yeah, are. They truly really are. are. Really good. But uh, it's, you know. I've got a, 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 a very funny story, and I, I have it written down on a napkin, and I should be shot for not, not having a date, but I think I can pull it together. 
It was the Monday, and I think it was the 31st of January, 1956. We used to play air guitar back then, you know, like I'm playing a guitar. Yeah. And what we all used to imitate the guitar solo. The song with the best guitar solo was Rock Around the Clock. Absolutely. Between the third, a fourth verse and the fifth verse, the guitar goes. Okay. Yeah, boy. I was <laughs> the class, uh, the class, not class clown, but I was a performer. When the teacher would leave the room, that was like Pete's on switch. So the teacher <laughs> left the room in the eighth grade. I got up and started doing, and they said, he's coming back. So I jumped in my seat. And the kid sitting behind me, whose name was Donald Howell, and he says to me, who are you supposed to be, Elvis Presley? And I said, who's that? He said, you didn't see him? He was on Saturday night. He was on the stage show. Tommy Jimmy Dorsey was the summer replacement for Jackie Gleason. Elvis was on six times. (coughs) His first first appearance was on Tommy Jimmy Dorsey's show. His first song was Shake, Rattle, and Roll, which is my first rock and roll song. Sure. So I can lovingly say... In my own way, I've been a tribute to Elvis since 1956. And I, did, and I, and I don't think there's anybody that would argue that point with you. You know, I, I didn't realize what I was doing and what was cute about that. Uh, you're, I know you're East Coast. Are you New York? New Jersey. Okay. Well, the New York, you probably got the New York uh, Times on Sunday. I'm, I'm very familiar with the Times. I, I've read it a few times, yeah. Okay. The, they, have a few magazines, they have a magazine section called This Week. Yes, absolutely. And, sure. And the cover of, <coughs> excuse me, a cover of This Week, That Week, was a, a profile of Elvis playing guitar. It was his second album cover. And I hadn't seen him yet. And I looked at this and said, oh, my God, I really do look like this guy. He had a shirt on. It was funny. My dad had the exact same shirt. So, you know, I stole that shirt, too, among others. <laughs> sure you did. <coughs> Excuse me. That was my first Elvis costume. But um, I did. And then I became, and then, uh, it's so funny, on, I think it was Tuesday night. Milton Berle was on Tuesday night. And opposite Milton Berle was a famous, beautiful, or I shouldn't say beautiful, but a wonderful Catholic bishop named Bishop Fulton J. Sheen. Oh, sure. I actually had the chance to see him. Oh, did you really? I did. I actually saw Fulton Sheen. He came to our parish here in New Jersey, and he was a, a quite a charismatic figure. Absolutely. Um, um, and, and, you know, it's kind of like Pope-like almost. Yes, he was. He was. And he, his show is called Life Was Worth Living. Well, my mom and dad were staunch fans. My dad didn't much care for Milton Burley. He thought Milton was a bit slapstick, but... At 13 years of old, you know, I think he's perfect. You know, that's, that's exactly what my head's at. That was, I missed that uh, Elvis show. Right. And then he, uh, no, that was the one I missed. So I missed everything on uh, Tommy Jimmy Dorsey. Yeah. And then I missed Milton Berle. But the sort of first time I get to see him on TV is Steve Allen. Oh, my God. Where he sang Hound Dog to the Dog. You remember his whole yeah. dog face? And <laughs> what a horrible show. You know what? It, it's funny. He was really upset with that show. He didn't want to do that. He felt like Steve Allen was making fun of him, and he, he was. was. 
But what was so classic and iconic is him singing Hound Dog to the dog. Yeah. Those are some of the best pictures, and it's iconic Elvis. It's it's almost as though um, God was steering his career. So many right things that you say should have done him in, but they didn't. Exactly. They didn't. They didn't do him in. But, um, and that was it. That was, once I saw him like that, then, of course, I saw all the Ed Sullivan shows, and my dad sat there with me. Oh, my God, my dad loved Elvis. Um. Well, Pete, I, think I we- understand that your dad actually, um, we talked about this on a, on a previous show together, your dad actually knew Elvis, he met him. Yes, he did. Uh, Elvis was singing, um, he was in the movie Loving You, he was filming that, and uh, as a matter of fact, I think that must have been in February of 56, I think, and uh, they had an Elvis for the little ukulele there. <coughs> I'm so sorry, I'm getting over a flu. That's quite all right. Absolutely. Yeah, well, you know. Anyway. God uh, forgives and, and so do we. And started playing. And Elvis yeah, just yeah. loved it. And they, they had, you know, maybe 20 minutes together. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Elvis was taking a break from singing Teddy Bear. Oh, okay. So sure. He's got the costume on, the red cowboy shirt, and, you know, and all that. Yeah, and what's yeah. funny is when you see the movie, Elvis's hair is kind of flopping and he's got a thing. And there's my picture with my dad. The hair is flopping. There it is. And there's a, yeah, an iconic yeah. picture of Elvis playing this little ukulele. Yeah. And the yeah. shirt is wrinkled <laughs> the same way as it is in a picture of my dad. It's just, it's marvelous. It truly you is. Tell people that your father was involved in the motion picture industry in some way. Yes, tell everybody how your dad was involved in the movie business. Well, in the 30s, my dad got, he started working for Parents Magazine. And he got the idea of rating movies. So parents would know which ones we could send their kid to, which was brilliant. And uh, every year he would go to Hollywood on behalf of the magazine to pass out medals, usually to the young people, Elizabeth Taylor, Roddy McDowell, sure. those two, Mickey Rooney, um, Natalie what? Wood. Natalie oh, Wood. Sure. Was, oh, yeah. But very, very special. And so and what they would do was take him around and introduce him to the stars on the lot. Well, right. it was this is Phil Wilcox from Paris Magazine. He didn't, excuse me, they weren't like buddies. It was just a very gracious. Sure. Excuse me. I feel like Dean Martin was, I got enough gas to get to Pennsylvania. There you go. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, he met Elvis on such a visit. Of course, they'll, they'll, and those pictures were on the wall. You're bringing me to another one of my favorite story, but the pictures are on the wall. All I wanted to do, Angelo, was I want to get on the wall. I want to be one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. But the best one, I'm going to take this one away from Elvis. In 19, it had to be maybe 1950, this is pre-Elvis, there's a picture of my dad with Errol Flynn. And he's wow. in the Don Juan outfit. And they're oh sitting my there goodness. On, another, on another meeting. I will have the picture to show you. And... Uh, or I can send it to you and we can bring it up. You know, we'll, we'll figure out how to do that and show the sure. people. It's just a real wonderful picture. Sure. But I said to my dad, Dad, that's Don Juan. That's Errol Flynn. He said, I know. I said, Dad, what's he like? My father took a beat and he says, you know, he's a lot like you. <laughs> that was a blessing. That's the best thing he could have ever said. He opened the door to dreams. Yeah, yeah. 
whatever you can dream, Pete, you can do. Absolutely. I, I, I have to say, with the enthusiasm of that gift and a blessing from heaven, I have been able to really capture the important part of my dreams. I wish at one point I was a bigger star or I have done this and that. I said, well, yeah. maybe you weren't supposed to do that. I mean, my, my resume is very impressive. And yet my success level, or you might say my monetary success is really minimal. I'm very happy. I'm on social security. I have a small pension from SAG from the TV work I've done and I'm okay. And I work in local clubs and restaurants and I sing and, you know, I'm putting a theater show together, by the way, Beautiful. But, uh, that I think will be very good. But, uh, but the, but look, I was on the, all the wonderful TV shows of the eighties, cheers, designing women, Murphy Brown, LA law, full yeah. house. Uh, I was on a disco record called Jive Bunny that sold over 10 million units. Um, I was the voice on Happy Days from Fonzie hits a jukebox and Elvis sings. It's me. It's not Elvis. And Elvis that, uh, that caused a little bit of controversy. We should tell people um, Elvis got wind of that. And uh, in fact, Charlie Hodge, one of uh, who I knew, rest his soul, Charlie Hodge said to um to uh, uh, Elvis, um, oh, I'm sorry. Was Elvis said to Charlie Hodge, "Hey, um, how much? How much am I getting for that?" And Charlie said, uh, "That's not you, boss. That's this, this this kid Pete that you met, the Pete Wilcox. There you go, the, the guy that you met at the drugstore." So, God bless you. I, I you want, I want my money, man. <laughs> you I want my money. You always know. You God love you, man. I, it's so flattering, so flattering. Uh, I can't tell you the, the, that the, the rewards in life are the love and the graces that we share with each other as, as friends and people. I had a letter from a kid from Finland this weekend, Finland, wow. who looked me up, saw my stuff on the Internet and contacted me. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, things like that are and there's a wonderful kid. Oh, my God, I feel so terrible because his name slips me. But he's had a, did a podcast and called me on. He's been following me since he was 10 years old. Uh, there's a wonderful, there's two wonderful um, uh, Elvis tribute acts from Florida, Ted Torres and Dwight Eisenhower. You got to say, both of them have been following me since they were 10 years old. Wow, that's amazing. I got to tell you, I know uh, both of these guys that Do you're you? speaking of, and they are incredible talents in their own right absolutely they're excellent if excellent. they um if they start using their own voice i think they actually have a career to be honest with you they don't I, really funny i don't know the, the music industry has changed so much that uh, they are in dangerous waters just in terms of their age the breakthrough artists come in their early 20s both these guys are in their 40s yeah yeah. And they've established a career for themselves as Elvis tribute artists. Mm -hmm. And I'm a living example. You can do this a long time in life. You really sure can. You Another wonderful kid, I'm going to say, in Branson, Missouri, named Dean Z. And uh, oh, I God. have to laugh. Sure. Yeah, Dean is doing very well. What makes me laugh is these kids now, they, they will, they're, they're doing shows where they do all three uh, segments of Elvis' life. 
when he was in the 50s, when he was in the 60s, and the 70s. And I have to smile and say, kids, I did that in 1982. Yeah. When you were in grammar school. Yeah, sure. But you could only do so much with what was there. Well, now yeah, I, I mean, people need to understand also, Pete, uh, Elvis passed at 42. Yes. And he had a, a, a limited career. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, is it fun to think, you know, what would Elvis be singing today and what would he look like? And, yeah, it, it's kind of fun and interesting to think that. But, you know, realistically, he only had a, uh, a, a body of work that lasted from 1954 to 1977. That was it. Yeah. And about about 20, maybe 23 years, maybe 22, 23 years. Not long, and um, yeah, yeah, probably from fifty four to seventy seven. I said like twenty two years, maybe. Well, um, I think that he, and I that's think including the Sun Record days. Right. I think he would have gone into country rock, and uh, well, he was already in it, but country rock, and he would continue always with his gospel music. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm so sorry, folks. I don't mean to be coughing like this. It's just. <coughs> I got a flu-like symptoms. I thought I thought I had COVID to tell you the truth, but it was just like a bronchitis thing. By the way, get your shots. Absolutely. Get your shots. Uh, here. Scientists, everybody saying, listen, in the 50s, we had a dreadful condition called polio. And it would strike families, and it was heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. And a doctor, Jonas Salk, came sure, along sure. with a vaccine, and polio almost no longer exists because everybody took the you know. I'm thank you for saying that, Pete. I want you, um, I want your message to resonate with people. I want you to think about what Pete's saying. We've we've been here before. We've been here many times before. Yeah. We have. Uh, rubella, chicken pox, the measles, they're all but gone because of vaccines. Polio took out half the country at one point. It was terrible, terrible. And Jonas Salk developed a vaccine that was easily replicated and millions of doses uh, were distributed, just much like the COVID vaccine. Uh, I am one of those that got, I got the Johnson & Johnson personally. Um, I like the one and done, and uh, and occasionally I'll get a booster shot. So um, look, it's it's better to say, you know, I got it and I'm safe and I'm I'm good to go, and rather than chance your health and your life, you know what? It's just protect not protect yourself, protect your family, the people you love. Absolutely, you could exactly. pass it on to your children, and all of the people that are in the hospitals battling it who didn't get the shot. To a man, say, I wish I'd taken the shot. Yeah, I got to tell you, on a personal note, um, my uh, my daughter's mother, my ex-wife, uh, passed away last week from COVID. Oh, no. Yeah. So, um, I'm so very sorry. Yeah. And so it's, it's an interesting oh. thing, though. The people don't think that this is a, a killer. The people think, oh, well, it's just a, it's a hoax. It's a something that the government is playing with look yeah, whatever the case is do yourself a favor and get a shot okay so stop the conspiracy stuff stop playing around with your health and just get the damn shot 
All right. Yeah. Um, that's that. I'm done my preaching. Well, and, and also, you get, you, and, and I know some very, very spiritual people who said, "Well, God's going to protect me." And my loving thought to them is, "God is. He sent you the vaccine." Thank you. The planet yeah, Earth. Yeah, he sent you three of them. He sent you Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson and Johnson. The, the planet There's no Earth. No excuse. The planet Earth was kind of turned over to be a place of dom not dominance, but uh, what do you call it? Somebody lives someplace. The dominion. Dominion. Of sure. Satan, of Satan. Absolutely. He has forces and he has effects down here. He engineered this disease or wouldn't be here, wouldn't be killing. Absolutely. The Lord gave the information for the vaccine to defeat him. Take that. That's from the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> Pete, yeah. Let's talk about something. I have, I have, you, you opened up a Pandora's box of questions. Boy, we could have a field day with this one. Um, do you believe uh, Earth is hell? Uh, no, I don't, because Jesus would have told us that. Hell is another place. If I'm not mistaken, the, the scriptures and Jesus are kind of clear about hell is a place that um, is reserved for Satan and his angels. Earth is Earth. Jesus didn't come to hell. It also mm -hmm. says in Revelation, Jesus went to hell. You know what I mean? Okay, that, that brings, that's exactly, I was hoping you would go there and you did. Because we did, we actually did a show, in fact, Shirley, rest her soul, rest, rest in peace, Shirley. Um, Shirley and I did a show together called Is Hell a Literal Place? So what does Pete Wilcox say? Is, is hell a real place? Yes, I'm, I'm going to say yes because there were many things in the Bible that I questioned and I wondered about. We all do. We can't help it. We've sure. been given intelligence. You wonder about things. And... Uh, but I don't wonder about what Jesus said. I put my money on Jesus. Jesus is my guy. I love him. If he said it, I'll stand behind him and say, I'm with him. He talks about it as a place. And in Revelations, it says that after his death on the cross, that he went to hell and vanquished the devil and made a fool of him in his own dominion. Absolutely. Well, so uh, it sounds like it. Now, According to the Bible, there's a lake of fire. Hell might be a holding place. I mean, I don't know everything. No, none of us know everything. Dear God, we're searching. We're searching, and so much of that we have to take on faith. But it's, it's, I seem to feel, from my reading and my understanding, I'll, I'll, of course, now you're going to make us go to school, and we'll, we'll look it up, and we'll have another we're, show. We're, we're actually going to do that in, a, in an upcoming episode. Absolutely, we will. But hell, I feel, is a place of maybe of even holding at the moment, because his demise, the end of Satan, from what I understand, is a lake of fire, that he's gone, that he and yeah. his angels will be destroyed forever uh, as as well it should i mean there are scholars in a forgiving loving kind of way yeah i'll pray for his deliverance if you can imagine that because if he yeah. was delivered we wouldn't have any more trouble absolutely you know it's just a thought but jesus says that's not the way it's going down right absolutely and there I'm, are people who who believe that uh that hell is a literal place inside Earth. 
There are people oh, who, yeah, uh, who are ascribing to the, the, the belief or the theory that the lake of fire that Pete refers to uh, is real and actual and exists within Earth itself um, through, you know, what we can see, volcanoes, lava. This is, you know, molten rock it's it's right right it's uh you know it's liquid fire is what it is yeah you know if you want to call it a lake of fire well let's be honest about it that within earth the, the center of earth is a liquid fire it's a lake of fire it's molten lava yeah and periodically comes out from within earth through volcanoes, these yeah, and large lava. holes, you well, know, every lava flow looks like the lake of fire. Yes, well, and that's what, you know, it, it's interesting because a, a Bible scholar came up with that theory. Um, and he believes that he can prove, I don't know how you do it. I'm not, I don't want to go there, right. uh, but he believes he can prove that hell is a real literal place inside earth. And that, uh, the lake of fire is actually molten lava. Well, it, I mean that makes sense to a certain to a certain degree. I have to say, some some things we don't have to to give too much of ourselves to. I feel very very sure. blessed that my my walk and my faith and my belief tells me that I have been redeemed and that I will I am in, invited to. Uh, to live with with Jesus and, and the Father in eternity. And uh, by the way, everyone is invited. Absolutely. Everyone is invited. We'll we'll get to, we will get to that, trust me, in the future and and in an ongoing way. We're that gonna is, get there sooner than you realize. I got well, yeah, you, uh, <laughs> right. And our and our the spine of our energy that Angelo and I are doing is to reach out and catch a couple of you. Absolutely. For those of you that are sitting on a fence, we hope, and we will. We're going to get a couple of you, so watch out. Uh, but you we're either going to knock them off the fence, Pete. Yeah, I repeat, we're either going to knock them off the fence, or we're going to drag them off the fence. Well, yes, we we want them all, and because God wants us all, He wants Absolutely. everyone. Satan's joy, if he has any, is breaking God's heart, putting a tear in his heart, thinking there's a soul. I there's a soul I got. You're not getting him. You think you got him? No, you yeah, didn't. Right. And that, that does put a scar in his heart. <coughs> what about Jesus? Consider this, this soul, this beautiful soul of love that came, taught, healed with his hand. For instance, healing a blind man born from birth. You know, we, we still can't do that. No. We still can't. But Jesus did with touch. Sure. You know that God's hand was on this person. And it's Jesus, interesting you say that because uh, earlier tonight, Pete, I was reading the story of Lazarus. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Lazarus, the man who died and uh, his sickness killed him and Jesus brings him back to life with, uh, with a touch, with words, actually. Yeah, he never, called him. Never he called him to life. Think about, think about that. Yes. But here's the other thing that's because we're we are all Lazarus, and I thought about that. We are all Lazarus. 
we are all of us dead at some point. We are dead in spirit. We're dead in uh, knowledge. We're dead in desire sometimes. But Jesus brings that life to us. He gives that life to us. He gives us knowledge. He gives us life, energy. He gives us a desire to want to know him. Yes. And people yes. don't get that. It's a simple proposition. It really, I mean, it's not rocket science, Pete. Let's be honest about it. It's really not, you know? And people need to understand that it's not rocket science. Um, in the, uh, oh, God, we're in 36 minutes already, Pete. We, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, well, you started love to do this, so it gets Yeah, like well, we're just going to, we're going to go until, um, and probably another few minutes, and then uh, I think Mrs. Wilcox is going to throw us out of here. And make you some breakfast and some more coffee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, we're going to be here uh, at least once or twice a week. with Probably once a week to start. Uh, tr definitely twice a week at some point. We're going to have some guests involved uh, in some of uh, our discussions. We're going to bring people on to talk about uh, psychics and the Bible. Um does God use uh, our energies and our talents and our gifts uh, for evil? Or does he give us these gifts to benefit him and to edify him? People who know me will tell you I am a psychic medium. I am not ashamed. I've never been, uh, I've never hidden who I am. Uh, everybody who watches my shows knows I am a psychic medium. Uh, how did I get my gift? I tell people, I don't know. I have no idea. The only thing I do know is that God gave me to use it, and I will use it. How and why and, and to what extent, I listen to him and I do what I'm supposed to do. For the most part, and when I don't, I get my butt handed to me. That's what we all do. We've Look, Pete, let's be honest about it. We've all had our ass handed to him, okay? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, and but he's a loving God. He chastises with love. And he says, okay, look, you guys, don't do that no more. Okay? Because first it was a slap on the butt. Next time it's going to be a big switch on the butt, you know? So, um, you know, philosophically speaking, yeah, we've all had our butt handed to us from God. Uh, it's a matter of how we respond to that. Do we say, I dare you to do it again? Or do, they, or do we say, thank you, Lord, for the the you know for the whooping I needed. Yeah. You know? You don't you don't chastise people that you don't love. Exactly. It, it's exactly. A, it's warning and it's an invitation. And sometimes it's uh you, you know you holler at your children and you're not getting through. Yeah. And maybe once or twice that hand on the butt, they heard that. Yeah. And that stops. I mean you don't beat your kids up. But you do sometimes spare the rod, spoil the child. Sure. That's the testament. It's like, you know, um, but, uh, right, the gifts that we are given are to be shared. We're told in, 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 in that uh, the in the final days that men will have dreams, they will have visions, and uh, they're to lead us and, and to guide us and to encourage us. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, if you have that gift, I would think you could expect a visit from Satan so he could pervert that gift. Absolutely. Your responsibility to catch that and stop it. 
I will tell you uh, in the interest of full disclosure and all candor, that's happened to me. Um, there was a time that I used my gift. Uh, let's just put it this way, not for the best intentions. Um, and I got scolded, boy, did I get my ass scolded. Yes, I did. And God will, and he'll, no. he'll take a loving hand and beat your hiney. And he'll beat your bottom. But no. he'll beat you with love, you know. Um, you, you, how do you say no to a loving God? I mean, you, how? I think we're how getting a little internet problem because you're freezing up on me in the right corner. Unfortunately, uh, I have some uh, internet issues. Okay. Uh, wouldn't well, I'll tell you what we're going to do, Pete. Let us, um, I'm going to let you say uh, uh, good night to everybody. I'm just good night. Listen to me. I'm going to let you say uh, have a nice day to everybody. Um, you see where my head is at. I'm already thinking evening. <laughs> Are you with me, Pete? Oh, Pete. Oh, he froze up. Oh, wow. Well, Pete froze up, folks. Um, I'm hoping to get him back here. Uh, in the uh, in the meantime, listen, join us uh, every uh, Wednesday morning for Coffee with the King. Pete Wilcox, Coffee with the King. I'm Angelo, Psychic Medium Angelo, along with Pete Wilcox. Uh, we're here every week. We'll be here at least once a week, possibly twice. So join Pete Wilcox, Coffee with the King, and yours truly, Angelo. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Boys and girls, we're terribly sorry. We had some technical difficulty. Angelo and I are going to have to say goodnight. Um, please be welcome for us. We'll be back. Remember, have a prayer and have coffee with the king. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Bye-bye.